Breathing in air, the fake ain't phony, they're just seeing impaired Cause you believe what you see or believe what ain't there The real world is twisted and to me it ain't fair Cause greedy people seem Welcome to the voices in my head The intro and outro music is West and Coast by the High Council You can check them out on SoundCloud Welcome back I am back with another police accountability episode. The original incident occurred back in June. And I remember reading about this and I just set it aside. And I'm back now because I came across an article where the two deputies that were involved in the killing of a 22-year-old man, this this time it's a white young man, not a black young man, have been charged. So I'm going to go back to the original article and they... The original story was actually on CNN and it was updated on September 16th. So I'm not sure when it originally occurred because the event occurred back in June. But sometimes the the news media doesn't get a hold of the information until a lot longer or sometime later. Do they actually hear about it and they're able to get the body cam footage to actually look into it? So I'm on CNN.com. It was updated September 16th, 2022. Headline is a 22-year-old in Colorado armed with a knife called... 911 for help. Prosecutors are now reviewing his fatal shooting by police. And it begins, prosecutors in Colorado are reviewing the June fatal police shooting of a 22-year-old man who was armed with a knife and had called 911 for roadside assistance, according to officials and family attorney. The Clear Creek County Sheriff's Office received a motor assistance call on June 10th at 1121 p.m. The Sheriff's Office said in a news release, Responding deputies found a caller that appeared had been in an accident along with its driver. The driver and sole occupant, an adult white male, immediately became argumentative and uncooperative with the deputies and had armed himself with a knife, the news release from the sheriff's office. So that's their take on it. And I think when we see down the road, at a high level, yes, he did become argumentative, but was it immediate or was there other circumstances going on? I'm going to skip through it. So basically, they tried for over an hour to get him out. At a certain point, they escalated to where they broke the windows. They He had a knife with him, and we found out later that this was not a hunting knife or a, a weapon. He did rock carvings, and it was a tool used in his arts and craft. It was not... A, that's like saying I have a surgical knife on me or a surgical scalpel, and that's... Well, yes, it can be a weapon, but it's not used as a weapon compared to a hunting knife, a buck knife, a, a pocket knife, something like that. They got that away from him. Then he grabbed a rock, which he does rock hunting and different things with rocks and another knife. And then they shot and killed him. I've said over and over again that one of the worst crimes that a citizen can commit is contempt of cop. And that's exactly what happened here. Here, these cops were butthurt that he was not respecting their authority. And after an hour of this, they had enough and they went in guns a blazing. So here a 22-year-old, Man, young man, calls the police for help, and the help they give him is by executing him, killing him. All because of their egos and because he was not complying with their orders to to get out, to do whatever. He was not complying for whatever reason. The article goes on that when he called 911, he told them, I have a weapon on me. I will throw them out the window as soon as the officer gets here. And he describes having two knives, a hammer, and a rubber mallet. Once again, he does rock carvings. He it's his arts and craft. That's like saying I got a hammer and a hammer and a wrench in my car and and with my tool belt and all my other tools because I'm a construction worker or I'm a contractor. It's the same contact concept. The article goes on body cam video of the answer released by the video 
released by the family, shows Glass offering to throw the weapons out of the car and the uh, responding officer telling him not to do so. So he offered when they got there. So I'm wondering at what point the confrontation started happening when cops show up. In his mind, he's probably saying, okay, yep, these are cops. And he says, hey, I got weapons. You want me to throw them out? They're like, no, don't. And he did it. So he did exactly what he said, what he was ordered to do. In the video, responding deputies can be heard asking Glass to exit the vehicle several times. When the responding officer asked Glass if he had taken any drugs, to which Glass responded, I've smoked. So he smoked some marijuana. So he's a little high. Not, you know, it's not, once again, marijuana, it clouds your judgment. You may do some stupid things, but it's not you're high on PCP or meth or some of these drugs that really alter your, your perception of reality. And it says, uh, before becoming distracted by an officer placing what attorneys for the family said were tax strips behind his car, the video shows. So here, they're escalating. They're they're escalating the whole situation. Instead of trying to de-escalate it, putting the stop strips. I mean, remember, they went out there because he called for help. Why are they pulling out stop sticks? And then it says on the autopsy, he had THC, which... I'm, I'm not, I don't smoke marijuana, but I believe that's just marijuana. He, I say it's the, the chemical in marijuana. So he had smoked some marijuana and some amphetamines. Now, once again, what type of amphetamines is he, is he taking? Is he, these could be prescriptions or it could be a, a milder drug. It really depends on how much it is in his system. The family saying that he had a mental breakdown and, and I can see that. I mean, he had an accident. What if he bumped his head? He's a little high. He hits his head. He he's obviously has some drugs in his system and he's not reacting rationally. Now, the whole problem I had when I, I'm reading reading this whole story is he's inside the car. The cops are at no danger. They could have waited for a day, literally 24 hours. They could have, you know, I, you see on the movies, I don't know whether how true this is, they, that when there's a hostage situation in the bank, first thing they do is they cut off the electricity in the air. So it gets hot in there. They cut off the water. They, you know, they make it very uncomfortable for them to where they want to give up. And then it's like, okay, you guys are hungry. We're going to send in some food, but you got to release a hostage or two. You know, they, they do this negotiation. And, and they're always in these situations. They got the hostage negotiator and he knows whether time is on their side or not. He can profile the, the person and determine, hey, we're going to have to, if we don't resolve this soon, there's a point we're going to have to go in there because he's going to start killing people. Or it's, guys, he's not going to kill anybody. It's just a matter of waiting him out. You know, maybe, you know, 12 hours, 16 hours, 24 hours. But, you know, given enough time, he he's going to mentally shut down and he's going to give himself up. He's inside the car, so I don't understand that. I mean, I've, and I've thought a lot about this and I've talked about my concealed handgun training, my different weapons training that I've taken. And I've always watched the, you know, the, I love watching dash cam videos and you, you see people, they get into road rage and they both get out of their cars. In the moment one person gets out of the car, they're legally, they're putting themselves at a disadvantage because they're seen as the aggressor. And I've always decided there's ever a road rage incident only under extreme circumstances am I getting out of the car that if someone wants to come out and yell at me and scream at me, I'm going to just sit in my car as long as they're 
you know, I'm in my car now. If they now if they come out with a baseball bat or a hammer and I think they're going to bust a window, okay, that's going to be a little bit different. But if they're just coming out, flaring their arms up and down and spitting and beating on my mirror and yelling and kicking my car, I'm going to just sit in there. I'm going to call the cops, call 911, tell them what's going on, where I'm at. And then let them know, hey, I'm armed. I have a concealed carry permit. However, I'm going to stay in the car. And as long as the guy stays out outside my car, we're all good. I'll wait for the cops. I can get body damage repaired or I can drive around with the dents in it. I don't care. As long as he stays outside and I stay inside, it's all good. Now, if he breaks a window, then it's game on. My wife loves watching the um, true crime stories, true crime shows. One of her favorites, I believe it's called Fear Thy Neighbor. And so you always have the, the bad guy, the bully in the neighborhood, and he finds someone, a family to pick on. And it, it's on it, these episodes, someone always dies. And that, that's all purpose. That's how you get on these shows. Someone dies. And many times it's the good guy that dies because he goes onto the bad guy's property and bangs on the door. And as soon as he enters onto that door, the guy comes out with the gun, shoots and kills him. Then when the cops show up, he threatened me. He came on my property. So unless there is witnesses, and usually they're not, the cops are going to say, well, someone's on your property it's, it's hard to say that the bad guy, a homeowner, is the aggressor when someone else came on my property. And it's the same thing here. This guy's sitting in the car. He's, the, he's not the aggressor. Now, if he gets out of the car, totally different game. It's just a matter of sitting him out. And I talked about this on the, the Louisiana shooting and the Michigan shooting. Both cops came out immediately aggressive to the two black young men that they ended up killing. And there was no... Hi, I'm officer so-and-so, or I'm deputy so-and-so with such-and-such sheriff's department. We got a call 911. Are you okay? Do you need ambulance? You know, you, you de-escalate. You let them know I'm here to help. I'm not a threat. I would like to see on the body cam, did they come out aggressive and barking orders? And even if they did come out positive and respectful and professional, once they realize, okay, this guy's not acting rational or normal, let's call in, you know, do we have a hostage negotiator? Let's try to ramp this down. You know, let's just find out what, the, you know, the guy wants. You know, sometimes you get too many people around him is scaring him. Maybe back him off where they can't, he, the kid can't see them. Have one person talk to him. Maybe try to get his parents on the phone. You know, ask him, hey, do you got your cell phone? Call your parents. You know, let us talk to them. You know, have them call us, you know. Maybe the parents come out there. I mean, there's so many simple things that could have happened. The key thing that happened here was contempt of cop. These cops could not keep their egos in check. And a 22-year-old young man is now dead. And kicking over to the original article, what I started the episode on is on CNN.com. This article is dated November 24th, 2022. Headline is, two Colorado deputies have been fired and indicted for the fatal shooting of a 22-year-old armed with a knife who called 911 for help. So the starts off, two Colorado deputies have been indicted and fired following investigations into the June fatal police shooting of Christian Glass, a 22-year-old man who was armed with a knife and had called 911 for roadside assistance, officials and family attorney says. So a grand jury has indicted them. It is deputies Andrew Wayne, B-U-E-N, hope I'm pronouncing that right, 29, and Kyle Gould, 36. Wayne is charged with secondary murder, official misconduct, 
reckless endangerment, while gold is charged with criminal negligent homicide and reckless endangerment, according to online records. I am happy that both of these officers are being charged. They, they need to be starting to be held accountable. I mean, this concept of qualified immunity allows cops to run amok and put um, citizens in danger. And this kid clearly was not a threat to anybody other than himself. So they're protecting him by killing him. I, I hope the officers get fair trials. I'm always for fair trials. They're innocent into proven guilty. Clearly, they killed the young man. That is not dispute. The question is, did they murder him? Did uh, Deputy Buane commit second degree murder? Now he killed him, but murder is different. And did Deputy Gold commit criminal negligent homicide? Homicide, once again, is like murder. It's a criminal definition. They all killed him. No question about that. I want fair trials. And if the jury or the judge determines that they committed these acts, they need to go to jail. I mean, other deputies need to be sitting back watching this saying, guys, we cannot be running amok the way we used to back in the the 90s or even the, the 2000s. This has to stop. Once again, not part of defund the police, not part of back to blue. I want high IQ police officers that are trained on how to de-escalate situations when necessary. Clearly a de-escalation technique or some different techniques would have resolved this situation where the this young man, Christian Glass, would be alive, maybe incarcerated for driving high or, you know, just some minor stuff, but he can, he'll live through it. Hopefully as we see more and more of these, we're going to see some real change in their future. Thanks for listening. I could run the whole block just from walking the line Parking is prime, these are the thoughts of my mind And I'm a straight rider, never stopping the sign And I'm only slowing down if I'm stopping the sign Six figures on the check before I'm jotting the line It goes one for the money, two for the clothes Three for the honeys and a four for the flows Five O's and six